Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to SEO 101 on WMR.FM, episode number 452. This is Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and my co-host is my company's senior SEO, Scott Vanak. Ah, we're sorry for the little delay there again. We had bad luck with that, but uh, we had sicknesses. We had a whole bunch of stuff hit the fan. So um, now we're going to get this show in, and we're only on holiday. <laughs> so there'll be another break. Uh, it'll be one a month for a little bit, just a bit, just over the holidays here in the summer. Sorry. Sorry about that, but... Um, the good news, uh, really good news, is that um, I've finally put together a complete outline for an SEO 101 series focusing on soup to nuts SEO. We're going to get to the, big, the very basic, what is it, what's the point, all the way to the end, which will talk into the advanced stuff, but that's really pertinent anyway. All the different tools you can use. Uh, it's going to be very comprehensive. I'm pretty excited about it, and I, I hope you'll love it. It's going to be something that will be able to point anyone to who wants to learn about SEO. So uh, we'll let you know when we get that going. I've already got the script being written, so um, this is no longer a pie-in-the-sky dream. Woohoo! I look forward to it because maybe I'll get to understand what it is I do. Yeah, So <laughs> there you go. Yeah, Good reminders, right? Um, it, no, nobody knows what I do. All my, my kids, friends, even my own kids are like, what do you even do? My neighbor thinks I'm a professional Netflix watcher. I don't know. Nobody, <laughs> nobody has a clue. They just sit in front of a screen all day. Yeah. Yeah. Just destroying our backs doing that. Yeah. Uh, who needs it? <sighs> yeah. I just finished doing my stretches. Got to do it now. Getting old. Perfect. Um, all right. So let's jump into some, uh, some Google news. It's not strictly SEO, but Yes, it is. Search spam. What's all this about? Yeah, so for a while, you've been able to report sites that you you know think are doing bad things. But uh, Google has expanded their search spam report to be a bit more comprehensive. So you can report offending websites for a few more reasons. So figure, let's just go over that real quick, because I'm sure somebody out there listening has a really spammy, crappy competitor that they hate that is doing everything wrong, and you really oh. want to turn them in. So... Here you go. Here's some reasons you can turn people in. Uh, in the, the show notes also, there'll be a, a link to the form. Uh, it's a big, long link, so I won't tell you, but you can search for it as well. Google search spam form. And you'll be able to find it pretty easily. Uh, so the obvious one is spammy content. Um, pages with irrelevant or useless content that exploit search engine algorithms to appear as relevant results. So you see somebody doing that, you can go ahead and report them. Uh, spammy behavior, which would be pages that engage in abusive behavior to manipulate search engine rankings. So a little bit different, but, you know, still bad. Uh, deceptive pages is a category that they have. Uh, pages that do not deliver promised online or real-life services with intent to mislead or defraud the user. Uh, anything that's low quality, which is interesting because it's a bit subjective what's qual low quality, but not always. 
Um, a poorly written or designed pages that are created in bulk to attract clicks from users rather than to genuinely inform or entertain. Uh, paid links, pretty clear. Uh, pages that you know contain or receive unnatural, artificial, deceptive, inbound or outbound links. And then other, so any other abuse or exploitive, I feel like I said that wrong, SEO strategy, exploitative. not exploitative. Exploitative. So exploited. <laughs> That's quite the word. Exploitative. Yes. Exploitative. Uh, so if you <laughs> see someone doing bad SEO, like not just they're not good at it, but like, you know, um, you know, ethically bad stuff, you know, report them. And I don't know, maybe Google will take us, take the site down, take it seriously. They, I think they do in extreme cases, but um, you know, if yeah. somebody's just kind of, if you just don't like somebody, don't go reporting them because it's not going to do anything. And I, I don't, don't, yeah. I mean, take it with a grain of salt that this will even be noticed. But um, I mean, there's certain certain things, spammy content, you know, the higher level stuff would probably be, a, you know, there'll be some attention paid to it, paid links, that kind of thing. But when it comes right down to it, I think that other low quality, eh, they might use them as signals or what they may do is just wait for enough people to do it and then go, okay, this is worth looking at. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Oh, I care. <laughs> Ross, you can bark after the show. There aren't any dogs listening. All it was was a, a police car going by. Just went, whoop, whoop. That's it. <laughs> that makes sense to bark at that. Yes, yes, of course. Um, all right, next up, Amazon. This is new info for us to share, but it's kind of intriguing, and it is kind of the part of the future we're seeing here, is testing AI-generated summaries of product reviews. Now, I'm a huge Amazon user. I, I, that's quite ridiculous, honestly, but um, their reviews are mixed bag, to say the least. A lot of them are crap. A lot of them are obviously fake. Um and it's pretty difficult to find the good ones. So what they're going to be doing somehow is merging all of that into one. I don't think that's a good idea. Here's an example, though. This toy has received positive feedback from customers regarding its fun factor, appearance, appearance, value, performance, quality, charging, and leakage. However, the majority of customers have expressed negative opinions on, this, on these aspects. For example, some customers have paid over $100 for a toy that wasn't worth it, while others have experienced issues with the product's quality and charging. Despite mixed opinions on ease of use, this product seems to be a fun and engaging choice for kids. Okay. So I, I hate it when my mom goes leak. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we don't even know what kind of toy this is. So <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're going there, are we? Okay. <laughs> um, well, it's a choice for kids. So as long as it's not really screwing up its AI, we should stay there. Yeah, it's um, I don't see how that's gonna help anyone. It's like all these things are bad, but some people say they're good. It's, <laughs> it's total like... BS. Like it, yeah, it's gonna flop. I, I just do not see how this is gonna work. And we're seeing other things like Google wants to automate all Google ads. They want to be writing that stuff to give you quote better conversions and all this. No, no, they're gonna mess it up. They are horrendous at running people's campaigns. When we take them over and fix them, it's dramatic, the changes, <laughs> improvements and conversions yeah. and all this stuff. It's just, no, 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 no. 
and, and as if you can possibly use AI in someone's account and then another person's account and another person's account all in the same market and have them all compete. It's like having one SEO company doing the work for multiple competitors. It doesn't make sense. Like, yeah, how does that conflict of interest work? If I've got two people and I want them both to be number one using the same algorithm and it's all automated, like, I guess it'll come down to budget. I don't even know how they would. Uh... Oh, it's going to be evil. <laughs> That's all I know. Yeah. It's not going to be a pretty thing. Um, anyways, we're seeing a lot of this automation of descriptions and et cetera, et cetera. And I'm thinking it's a little scary. The only thing I think will be interesting is when um, we see, and I'm, I, it must already be done somewhere. One of the SEO tools out there, if not Yoast already, will have a option to automate your meta description or not automate, but create it for using chat GPT based on the content of the page, but trained on it'll, the, the algorithm will be trained somehow on inciting clicks. And that would be great. I think that would be a phenomenal use. I hate writing meta descriptions. Oh, they're the worst, especially because they ha don't have a direct correlation to rankings, right? No. It's about clicks. So if, yeah, if Yoast just had a button, generate all descriptions, go, and they're just, just done. You know, you probably have to tweak some. You'd want to go through and review them, but oh yeah, you know, it, it would probably be fine in that. That's instance. the future. I I, I yeah. cannot see that not happening in very very short order, um, and I'm good with that. But other ones like this, no. Not this so what much. one thing I found this uh, found funny about this is you know I you know you play with the various AI content creators and you, it spits something out and you read it. It sounds great. It sounds like a human wrote it. It's perfect. You run it through the tester. It says 100% AI. It's like, how do they know this is 100% AI? It's like, it, it's perfect. I read this, it's like, oh, this is AI. Like, there's no, the way it's worded and bounces around this summer, it's like, obviously AI. And they're not trying to say it isn't. So, you know, don't get me wrong. They're not trying to fake you out, but it, it just reads so poorly. It does. Um, I could see taking a summary of reviews and, or yeah, summarizing all the reviews into something could be done well. And, and work, but the example they're putting out there is not that. So yeah, this I don't is know. beta, C beta. Like it's not even A. It's bad. Yeah. But you know they could if they wanted to. And again, I I think this is applies to many sites. Um, but you could have a summary button. You could click on a summary of chats and yeah. use GPT four, which is way better to create a summary and it would look at them all. And then literally from what I've seen of using it myself, it does, it would fairly do a fairly good job of breaking down what matters and maybe even point out the stuff that looks suspect. I mean, that could, could be done. I don't know. Thinking about this idea though, doesn't it make you think that in very short order, you're going to do a Google search and you know, in the local pack or somewhere, Google's going to do this. They're totally going to do this. They're going to summarize all the reviews into one little blurb. And if you want to read all the real reviews, you're going to have to click through to it or watch a video ad. No, I don't know. Um, <laughs> you know, they're Google's going to do this. They're totally going to do this. I'm going to put that. That's my official prediction for 2024. <laughs> I think they're going to try Literally. a lot of things yeah. with this. Yeah. Um, the one thing that I thought was funny is I think Andy was mentioning this, Andy Bernhardt. Uh, we work with him at First Dentist. He was saying that uh, there's a major problem coming, and that is that all of the AIs will be trained, be trained on the internet, right? Well, the internet is going to be full of AI content. 
Yeah, it's a, so, paradox. it's a paradox. Would it be it a paradox? Is. I guess so, yeah. It's going to start really, it's going to be bad. It's going to make it even worse. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they, they cope with that. All right, what's next here? I don't know. Um, oh, this is just a short one. I don't want to get deep into this because we talk about it all the time, but there is a vulnerability with WooCommerce, uh, the Stripe payment gateway plugin affecting over a million or just under a million websites. Uh, yeah, so the vulnerability allows hackers... Uh, uh, access to sensitive customer information. So the, the reason I include these reminders to keep your plugins updated is because I do a lot of website audits and I work on a lot of websites and they're always outdated, always. Mm-hmm. And I'm always telling people, keep everything updated, even if there's no vulnerability, keep it updated because there might be an unknown vulnerability. And a lot of people just don't update them. And I, I work on on some websites, some of them, we take care of the updates for them. In other cases, it's up to the client. And so in that instance, you know, I tell the clients, you need to update these. Months go on, they just don't do it, just don't do it. And for whatever reason, we can't, whether it's outside the scope or we don't have the right access, who knows. But keep them updated because uh, if you do get hacked, that's a lot harder than clicking the update button. So mm-hmm. just want a quick reminder there. Yeah, WooCommerce people, update your your plugins. Good. Awesome. So. Uh, the next piece, something we've discussed actually a couple of times over the years, it's been around and known for a while, but I admit I still use this operator. So the Google site colon, so you just put a site colon and then the word, person's website address, like site colon stepforth.com, used to show you everything that was indexed as far as we knew. Um, it was a, It's essentially a list of all the pages that Google is aware of. That's what it was. That no longer works, though. I mean, it, you can use it, and it does give you some. And I certainly do use it when I'm trying to detect just how many pages a client might have or a prospect just to see on their site. I, I'm going to crawl it and do a better job of it when I really want to know. But it's still a bit of an indicator. Anyways, they're just saying here that it's only going to show some index pages, not a complete list. For full indexing insights, they say rely on Search Console. Now, of course, that's great. If it's your website, that's great. If it's not, that you can't do that because you can't access another person's search console. Um, now, in terms of getting a general idea of site indexing, that's one reason you would do it. Uh, you'd look for unwanted content that could indicate a hack, for such as uh, this is when you'd use a site colon, uh, site colon, <laughs> um, whatever domain, and then the term. Um, it was step forth, it'd be SEO or whatever. You you would look for any kind of thing, uh, or step forth, that's not a hack. You'd put Viagra, right? Or, or baseball or something. Yeah, something you would up. not have, something you wouldn't have. Yeah. Exactly. Um, searching for specific content within a website. Uh, again, I use, I think the only time I ever do use that is when I'm using, I'm checking for a hack or actually, no, that's not true. For some clients, when I'm doing, I, I do a lot of the sales. So I'm on a, I'm on a prospect, a call with a prospect. I might do a search to find out if they even have any content about what they're asking to rank for. And it's amazing how many times they have only been one page. I'm like, well, that's probably why yeah. um, you're not getting that kind of visibility. Um, and of course, competitor intelligence. And this is probably why Google cut down on allowing the site operator to be really effective. They just love undercutting us. Um I don't know. It doesn't make any sense why they don't show it all otherwise. It can be helpful too if you are trying to find pages on a site that are likely to rank for a specific term. So, you know, stepworth.com, site colon stepworth.com and uh, 
pay-per-click or something, right? Like if you're working on a client's website on their SEO and you want to know what pages Google sees relevant to a certain search term, it can give you some idea of what pages you might want to optimize for that term. If you're if, assuming they're not already ranking for it. Um, you know, I do that sometimes. Uh, there are a lot of useful purposes for it still, but, uh, but yeah, don't, don't rely on it for everything. That's for sure. Yeah, for sure. All right. So ideal site content length does not exist. <laughs> this sounds like a good old Mueller file. Tell all. Except, I, well, who is search liaison? Is that usually Danny Sullivan that posts Actually, those? No, that's Danny. That's Danny. Right. It's Danny. Yeah. That's why I put it in SEO news and not Mueller files. Cause gotcha. That'd be, that'd be lying. Um, so this is again, something that is, I'm including it just for a little bit of a refresher here. Uh, yeah, search liaison, Google search liaison said, reminder, the best word count needed to succeed in Google search is not a thing. It doesn't exist, right? Short or long as needed for people who read your content. The reason I include this is it's one of the questions I get asked all the time. How <laughs> yeah. long should my blog post be? How long should this be? How long should that be? And as a general ballpark rule of thumb, I usually say around 300 words because it's like, doable <laughs> you know like if i say write a five thousand word piece people are going to freak on me if i say ah, just write a sentence they're like well what um sometimes a sentence is enough but i my concern is if you go too short it could be considered thin content because then you're not really can, can you really describe and solve a problem for your visitor in a sentence or two right maybe um but sometimes maybe you need a few thousand words of content to really get your point across and and explain what you're trying to explain. So, you know, don't worry about content. Worry about being comprehensive with what you're trying to teach your your site visitor. So yeah. make sure you're achieving the goal that you're attempting to achieve. I mean, you if it's to impress a person on the page that wow, you know your stuff, 300 words is not going to be enough generally, unless it's just a simple answer to a simple question. Um, if you want to provide a tutorial on, or at least this, the, again, soup to nuts on link building. Well, <laughs> better be a few thousand words yep. and it should include multimedia. Uh, I, I stress multi like video images, uh, maybe even audio clips of, of podcasts or interviews, whatever it, just needs to be so comprehensive and that's ultimate content. Um, and those are really, really important. Uh, if you want to have it, we, another term for it is cornerstone content. If you create this stuff and it's really powerful, it becomes one of the main sources of traffic to your site. I know, uh, that we are actually guilty of getting, having accidental cornerstone content for something that literally does not lead to any business. Yeah. And that happens a lot So you just go you write something, you do a good job about it, a good job of it, I mean, and move on and then realize that, wow, that one's really performing well. I wish I could get some business out of that. Um, anyway, it, be more intent intentional. Um, if you have that other content, don't worry about it, but focus on what's really going to bring in the great stuff. And uh, don't worry about the length. Just provide quality that will allow you to earn the right to rank. Exactly. Thank you, Dana Lukadu, for that one. I love using that phrase. <laughs> okay. Why don't you take the next one, too? Yeah, so there's a uh, the sitemaps ping endpoint. Uh, what is that? Well, don't worry about it. Google's going to depreciate it later this year, so you won't have to worry about it. So what what is this uh, sitemaps ping endpoint? Deprecate, so, you mean. Huh? 
Deprecate. What did I say? Depreciate. Did I say depreciate? Oh, I said the wrong word. <laughs> it's uh, yeah. What do you expect? Would you expect anything less? Yeah. You know, the, <laughs> well, they're, they're, it's not appreciated, so I guess it's being depreciated. It makes yeah, sense. There, there are thousands of listeners that just wait for me to screw up so they can take a shot at tequila, Ross. <laughs> I'm just trying to cater to those listeners. You do. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to screw up again. So what is it? It is a sitemap protocol by that automatically pings or notifies Google to let them know that your XML sitemap has been updated. Um, so sometimes plugins will do this, uh, content management systems will do this. So when you update a page, it updates the last modified variable on your XML sitemap, and then they automatically tell Google, hey, this is updated, come check it out. Well, Google had found in their own internal studies that these submissions are not useful and that the majority of the submissions end up leading to spam. So it's just, they don't need to keep it around anymore. It's just done. Um, and really it's unnecessary for most, probably all situations because the two alternatives that, you know, you can, I mean, it might be others, maybe they're only the two, uh, two alternatives to this are submitting your XML sitemap to Google search console, which if you're listening to the show, you should have Google search console and you should have your XML sitemap submitted. So if you're listening, this didn't even matter because you're already doing that. Um, and the other alternative is to have a call to your XML sitemap in your robots.txt file. Um, most content management systems will either do it or plugins will do it like Yoast or, um, you know, the various SEO plugins, or you can manually add it. Uh, you may need a robots.txt uh, plugin that lets you edit the file, in which case you can do that. You might be able to manually do it by downloading the file for your server. Anyways, add the call to the XML sitemap. It's really simple. You just add a line in there. It's a uh, sitemap colon space and the URL for your XML sitemap. Straightforward. And you do it once and that's it. And Google will find it. They will see that it's updated. You, you don't need to be pinging. Not that you would do it manually, but you don't have to worry about it. And uh, so what happens if you don't stop pinging? If you've got a CMS that does this, chances are they'll remove it eventually anyways, but it won't matter. Google is just going to ignore it. You really don't have to act. Google, Google is not as we know it, currently self-aware, so they don't mind being poked and poked and poked and poked and poked. <laughs> and poked. <laughs> someday they will. <laughs> they absolutely will someday. Um, but yeah, so you only have to worry about it. Just submit your XML sitemap to Search Console if you haven't, and then you won't have to worry about any of this. Awesome. Okay, so um, prior to what we're about to talk about, I just noted something that's been uh, getting a bunch of news right now. It isn't generally... SEO, but it is interesting. It's Google has been accused of mis-selling ad on ads on third-party websites for years. Advertisers may have lost billions of digital ad dollars by paying premium prices for a service that Google allegedly failed to deliver. Um, it's about video ads. And apparently um, they did a piss poor job of targeting on the on the website on these third-party websites so that's going to be getting the news a lot right now i think we'll see what happens there of course they're denying it but um hmm. i thought it was interesting precursor to this next bit which is that google itself has filed a lawsuit over fake review scams um Apparently, this is due to bad actors that have posted more than 350 fraudulent business profiles. These are Google business profiles and over 14,000 fake reviews for these profiles. Um, the lawsuit's goal is to stop the, quote, complex and misleading scheme to deceive consumers, business owners, and Google, unquote. Um, 
anyway, it's quite a list of stuff they've done. These defendants have created fake online listings for business that do, businesses that do not exist, bolstered them with fake reviews, sold inquiries for confused, they sell, what? Sold so, inquiries from confused consumers. So I see the listing for the fake business and I contact them to buy their product or contact the service, but they don't exist. Oh, so now my contact info is being sold to real businesses that fit that niche. It's 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 smart. Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Wow. Yeah, and they're claiming a guarantee that will result in favorable ranking increases. That's dirty, evil, brilliant kind of stuff. And that's like that's the darkest dark side of Black Hat, isn't it? It's it, uh, it's interesting as heck, but um, yeah. I feel I bad you. for the I feel bad for the people that get suckered in by these guys and you know totally we, yeah well we know them most of the time they end up coming to us going I hate help. SEOs will you do a good job for me and we have to do a defend good job <laughs> and turn into a better job and it's easy to do a better job than them but just the same when people have their backup it makes it for a bit of a difficult start it can absolutely yeah and I get it I get it I do I do too. All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we have some great questions from our listeners. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. Welcome back to SEO 101 on WMR.FM, hosted by myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and my company senior SEO, Scott Fanak. Okay, so question from Anna Robinson. Self-referencing canonicals. What are the reasons to use them and reasons not to use them? All right. Now you looked at this. I haven't actually. I'm. Yeah, it's it, the answers are fairly straightforward. I, I did mention in our notes here, and you'll see a link there that John Mueller actually discussed this a few years ago. Um, there was a, an article on Search Engine Journal about it, along with the video where John's talking about it. Um, so first, what is a canonical tag? I'm going to start doing this now because usually I got to start talking about things, and then you interrupt me to be like, "Well, let's tell them what this is first. So I'm, yeah. I'm trying, I'm trying to improve Yay! myself. I'm <laughs> trying to get better. Pretty soon, I'll um, just sit back here and go, mm -hmm, "The whole, yeah, show, the whole show. I'll, you can talk." Well, you're going to be fired soon, and it's just going to be the Scott show. Um, <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing or a nightmare for me. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> Anyways, what is a canonical tag or, or canonical link element? Uh, it is an HTML element that helps prevent duplicate content issues by specifying the preferred version of a page. Uh, they are not critical, but they can be very beneficial. So they're really commonly useful on, on like shopping websites where you have different color variants or different variations of a product where, you know, you have site.com slash product name, but you want to ignore all the parameters after they're like, and color equals red, and then it shows a different URL Um so that's kind of what the canonical tag is for. It's for consolidating URLs that are otherwise the exact same content. Uh, but this is referring to uh, self-referencing. So a page that points to itself. And it kind of sounds silly, like why would you ever do that? But there are a couple of reasons. Uh, one of which is sometimes external websites may link to you um, or even links within your own website. Uh, or you may be using UTM tracking codes or something where you're pointing to a page that could have variables, even though it doesn't. So now Google has a path to see that same page it, with two separate URL strings. So having a self-referencing canonical prevents that. Um, Google will then use the correct version of a page that you want. So it doesn't happen a lot, but it can happen. And so that's your main reason to use it. Uh, reasons not to use them um, really is only if 
it's going to be this huge problematic endeavor to implement them. Today, almost every content management system or plugin will handle it for you and you never have to think about it. It's easy. If you have a CMS that is very difficult and awkward or, or you know, just doesn't have that functionality. And I have seen that from time to time. You get some weird proprietary system from somebody and you just can't do it. I wouldn't invest in a, a lot of time or money into implementing them. It's just not necessarily worth it unless you have an obvious problem with canonical issues. So if you've got a bunch of people linking to your website with variables, but your site doesn't use the variables, that's an instance where that page should really have it because then you're going to get the link value where it needs to be. Um, so generally that's it. Yeah, like self-referencing canonicals are not critical, but they can be beneficial, but I wouldn't lose sleep over them either. Yeah, I mean, I'm just trying to think of a real life example. I mean, it's silly, but imagine if you were at a, a mixer and you, it was always the same people every time you met, but they all still had labels on their, like name labels on them. And then someone said, Oh, uh, that's uh, uh, Jimmy Two Fingers. <laughs> and, you, and he's like, hey, my, actually, my name's James. And every time you say that, it's like you're telling that this is another way to reach you, but you're literally telling the person, no, this is my real name. This is this is what you should know me by. So there are different ways to reference a person. Um, and why not make it really simple and obvious that there's no confusion? And all of a sudden, they're it won't be an invite for Jimmy Two Fingers as the next thing, as well as James. Um. <laughs> you, you know, I'm going to say, I thought your analogy was going to be crap, but it actually works. It's actually a good analogy. <laughs> I don't know where you were going, but it works. <laughs> I don't know where Jimmy Two Fingers came from. I, I don't <laughs> know where that came from. <laughs> I was I totally I, anyway. the, you know, the million dollar question, though, that we're going to get posted to Facebook is what happened to his other three fingers or I, seven finger, eight fingers. That would be an awesome story. Yeah. It might be my, my book, my future book. Who knows? Jimmy um, Two Fingers. It's going to be an epic saga on <laughs> HBO Max starting next Friday. Yeah. <laughs> First, he was Jimmy Four Fingers. Book he started three. with only four. Yeah. <laughs> this is a weird story, Book man. Two, Jimmy Three Fingers. <laughs> okay. Um, the next question is from Cameron Remen. Um, Cameron, thanks for the question. I know you've asked before. It's always nice to see your stuff. He says, at some point, I need help picking in an affordable SEO tool. I ended up figuring it out, but wonder what if others have had the same dilemma. It's a good question. In fact, part of the uh, future walkthrough of SEO and all that stuff we're going to do in the show includes this very question and what to do about it. But um, really, affordable is is, is difficult to quantify. Um, if you're talking about a one-time fee, a lifetime, there are tools out there, but I don't know one that I would recommend right off the bat, uh, simply because if a company gets paid once for a product, they typically don't update it well. Um, it's not always the case, but generally. So the, ones, the one that we first recommend is Screaming Frog. Um, it's a fantastic tool, silly name, but uh, essentially, I really don't know what this point is into that name, but anyway, it, you install <laughs> it on your computer and run it from your computer it is free for up to 500 pages. You can't save that though, and you can't reload it the next time. There's limitations to that. Um, if you want unlimited URLs, you want to be able to save the crawls and be able to restore them again and do research on it and revisit them. Um, that's 259 bucks US per year, um, approximately. It's in a euros, I forget what it is per euro. 
uh, whatever price it is in euros. It goes like 189 or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyways, it's a fantastic tool. You just have to keep in mind that you're going to need to do a bit of training, not like course training or like that, but I mean, do some reading to understand how to use it. It's definitely a technical tool. Um, it's one that, um, as SEOs, we love, but I can't say that it's one-on-one. Um, there's aspects of it are that are, but it's not like you can press a page just to get the basic answer. It's all the detail thrown at you. Um, and that may be a bit much for some. If you're not an SEO and you really don't know much about SEO and you use screaming frog and spider website, the results might come across as confusing. Like, where do I look? There's a lot of data. It spits out, well, the full version, at least a lot of data. And it's really great and useful in a lot of ways. And it doesn't take a lot of training to get value from it, no. but it does take some. And, you know, so that's just good to know, like, don't go out there and buy it and then run it thinking it's going to solve all your problems because it might just make them worse and confuse you and cause you to drink. So just know that. Yeah. Yeah. The next one um, we use all the time as well. Of course, we don't have all of these plus more, but uh, it's SEMrush. Um, uh, semrush.com. Uh, but it's not cheap. I mean, it's really gone up in price over the years. It's, it's about 119 per month now and up. So that may be inexpensive for a operator of an SEO. I mean, it's really worthwhile at that point. Um, but you can only have so many projects if you really want to do a main, main, maintain a few websites and monitor them and do all that kind of processing, you may have to keep ramping up your, your pay to keep adding clients. Um, we don't do that. We've got it for a few of them. We run just more of interest. Um, but we do enjoy the tools that allow you to do everything from backlink research to content planning. Uh, Keyword competitive, research. Research, competitive research is fantastic. I, I love it. Um, yeah, so that's an option. But the free one are both Google Analytics and Google Search Console. Um, uh, Google Search Console, and th- both of them are free. Uh, the main one you put down here is Google Search Console. It's great for helping, you know, you find errors on your site, any messages from Google, that kind of thing. But um, if it's an SEO tool for other people, that's not much benefit unless you have access to that. Um, if you're doing competitive research, that kind of stuff, but Search Console won't help you. Uh, but it is good for your own site and anyone else you have access to. Uh, Google Analytics will provide extra depth. Um, unfortunately, we're in the middle of this crazy switch over to Google, Google Analytics 4. So a lot of the data we're going to be seeing is very fresh and frankly weak. You're going to have to look at both systems to really get a lot of meat uh, and and make some strong decisions. So uh, those would be the ones that really stand out to me. Um, I did note in our um, upcoming course, you'll see it again, but or not course, but series that another option is to go to appsumo.com. That's A-P-P-S-U-M-O.com. And just keep an eye out. There are often lifetime products that are on a lifetime basis that you can buy. It's their way of raising money during their startup round. Um, Not always. Sometimes they're just designed to do that and then they move on to another product. But there are SEO ones occasionally that will allow you to do ranking tracking. They'll allow you to do certain amounts of competitive research. I just 
caution you to take it with a grain of salt because it's, I, I don't know whether or not it's very accurate. Um, it depends on the, t the tool, how much effort they put into it. Uh, you may want to vet it with uh, an SEO friend of yours or a mentor or anything along those lines because you don't want to be acting on incorrect information. So those are a, a few for you. I hope that helps anyone else out there. I'm glad you found out your solution there, Cameron. I'm curious what it was. You should share with us. We'd love to know. Yeah, and we'll, we'll go into much more depth into other tools available as well. Like, you know, there's Moz and there's Ahrefs and we don't use those a lot anymore. So I don't have a lot to say about them, but hopefully when we do our, our comprehensive episode, we'll yeah. touch on those a bit more and give you some more info on them and others. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Well, on behalf of myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing and my company's senior SEO, Scott Vanak, thank you for joining us today. If any questions, please share them on our Facebook community group. You can find it by searching SEO 101 podcast on Facebook. Have a great week and remember to tune into future episodes, which will air this time anyway, once a month for a little bit here until we get back into out of summer. Okay. We'll see you soon. Thank you. Hey, thanks for listening, everybody. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.